Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Hi, I'm Jake Jabor. I founded an improv school in L.A. called We Improv, wrote two books, and perform at UCB. And hi, I'm Gilly Nisim, a performer at the UCB Theater, and I've written four TV shows like Twisted Metal and The Other Two. This is a show where we explore our feelings about how funny and gross it is to be alive. And our chance to show you, the listener, our spiritual buttholes. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to, to We're Gross, gross we, we Show Whole. So, Jake, uh, we have a fun theme uh, for this episode. What's what's our theme? Our theme is relationships, uh, the different types that we have, right? Yeah. So, friendships, roommates, family relationships. So, naturally, the guest this week, my dad. Very exciting. I'm really, really excited to talk to your dad. And he's going to be coming up later. But first, uh, we're going to do our little check-in mm-hmm. where we're not going to... We're not going to talk about what's happening in the world. We're going to talk about what's happening in mine and Jake's worlds. And yeah. then uh, we're going to be able to spin that into some monologue jokes for you. Yeah. A little local content. Yeah. Like a like a late night show that's just about us. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on in your life, Jake? Uh, well, I'm very sleepy, but I'm good. Yes. I had a late night. Good late night? <laughs> yeah, but not... With less emphasis on that. <laughs> take a little of the mustard off again. Yeah, take the mustard <laughs> off. But I was out late and then I got home and the cats were, for whatever reason, really wouldn't let me sleep. And I was like, I have so much to do today. Just imagining you opening the door to your lovely apartment and there's just like a cat hanging off a chandelier. A cat's driving like a train on tracks. You have a model yeah, yeah. train in my fantasy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, oh, where's the third cat? Now that's the real problem. <laughs> then you open the fridge and he's eating a whole cake and his belly's all big. Oh, my bedtime cake. Now how am I going to get to sleep? So tell us about these cats, Jake. I have three cats. Mm-hmm. Last year I lost Lemon. My cat. And we're very sad about that. 15 years. Thank you. And I was going to foster. And then I, this is the short version. And then I adopted, I reached out to adopt one and they wanted that one to have a little kitty partner. So I got a second one. And then I did a little more fostering. (laughs) And in the midst of that, I kept a third cat. So the first two are Midge and Mighty. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is Lou. And... This morning, they would not leave me alone <laughs> at all. I was just like, well, I'm not getting any sleep tonight. So this was a, a rare occurrence. Yeah, they're usually pretty good. I have a, a pet feeder, automatic feeder that goes off at like 2 a.m. that gives them a little snack. And that kept them from waking me up. But for whatever reason, that was not enough. <laughs> What'd you do to piss them off? I don't know. Jake, what'd you do? <laughs> I don't know. And believe me, I think about it all the time. <laughs> I mean, I was gone for a really long... I've been gone a lot this last week uh, with work and stuff. So I do feel they're like, you're not around enough. They're retaliating. Yeah. They don't want me to just show up, fall asleep, get up, feed them, leave. They want a little bit more personal time. I was talking to somebody about it yesterday how much I obsess over my cats and they're like, and you don't want to have kids. And I was like, that's why (laughs) I, I'm, I like, if I pet one of them, I go around the house and pet the other two to make sure it's equal. We have got to stop equating being kind to a cat (laughs) to meaning that you should reproduce. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Someone had to say it. It's absolutely bonkers that people do that. What a weird instinct we have as though it's like, 
it was like angels in the outfield of like you picked up a ball and you're just like some I'm going to say janitor. I think I'm mixing up uh, Goodwill Hunting mm-hmm. <laughs> and baseball movies are just like, wow, that guy's got an arm. We should move you up from being a janitor to playing professional baseball. <laughs> like it's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same thing. Wow. You have a tender heart. You want to have a kid and be responsible for them for 18 years plus. Yeah, it is like a well-intentioned like, look at you, loving Thoughtful, caring, provider. Totally. But and it's then, also like, hey, you seem nice, want a punishment? <laughs> <laughs> you seem nice, want to do something you've declared vehemently that you don't want and have made no steps to attain in your own right? <laughs> you know, I do I do feel it waning a little, though, as I get older. Oh. <laughs> I don't think people are pushing a 40-year-old to like it. <laughs> They're like... Stay the course, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. So this person saying it, they maybe were suggesting that you just kind of go steal a couple. (laughs) Start midstream. No, I I guess that's a little what, that's not what adoption is, but it is starting Mm -hmm. midstream a Mm -hmm. little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I assumed when you kept Lou, Mm -hmm. your first boy cat. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Not that it, I don't know really the cat psyche well enough to know you know much at all let alone the difference like girl cats be like and boy cats be like Mm -hmm. but um I sort of assumed you bought him to trick the other two cats into thinking that you're still home when you're not (laughs) yeah I put him in a little hoodie (laughs) put him in a sleeveless hoodie and a really nice hat that's like well kept maybe has a sticker on it yeah I taught him how to type (laughs) (laughs) it's not that and I gave him a little cat mustache uh uh, no, he was just so cuddly. And people have said that boy cats tend to be a little bit more cuddly. Mm. I didn't really want a boy cat because I had friends who had a boy cat and he got crystals in his penis. And they were like, that's pretty common for boy cats. And I was like, I don't want to deal with that. I'm shocked by this. Which part? That that happens? or that um, I Crystals want of what? Urine something, or litter? Yeah, something about like, I don't know, their diet or whatever. And over the course of their lifetime. It's not that bad. I just was like, the less I have to deal with my cat's genitals, the better. Yeah, that's fair. You know the um, the thing when you're like, you pass someone and you didn't notice in time there was something very weird about them. So even though you know they're long gone, you have to like stop and look behind. Mm-hmm. Like, did I know that person? Or like, oh, I thought they were dressed weird. Was that a full on costume? Like, yes. just sort of like, just uncanny enough that it took you a second I have a memory of a guy who I met in the comedy community early on who had a like beloved dog, like his dog was part of him very much. So I I remember the dog's name, but I won't say it. And he was like, oh, yeah, I have to put my dog's foreskin back over his penis when he gets excited. I'm saying this whole look back metaphor as a metaphor of just like now that I think about that, I'm just sort of like, no, you didn't. I think I think this guy was just like really looking for an excuse to fiddle with this dog's penis. I've never heard of such a thing. My family now has a male dog. I mean, like, obviously there are conditions. Like he was saying mm-hmm. that it wasn't like, yeah, his dog had a thing where it wasn't yeah. just like, oh, this is what you do with male dogs. But it's just sort of like, I don't think this is true anymore. I'm looking back and I'm thinking yeah. different than yeah. I did when this guy told me it. So, yeah, it's fair to not want to have to deal with your dog's genitals. But also, I've wiped my big, big dog's vagina. Um, I know. <laughs> so, there's, we're all leaking and crusting. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, no shame, no judgment. I just... Uh... Thank you. <laughs> or on the pets. Last night, I went to a UCLA gymnastics meet. Oh, oh, that's right. And um, I'm a very late bloomer gymnastics freak. Mm -hmm. It is so cool to watch human beings flip through the air. Shockingly enough, it's so cool. And the UCLA team just fucking swept the floor with Washington. I mean, RIP, those girls are fucking dead now. Like across every category, I was going to say we won. I have no ownership over this team. (laughs) Just got excited about it basically yesterday and didn't go to UCLA. But I'm going to say we won. And because the team is so popular and there's so much money in it, they have these like video packages that they're playing on the Jumbotron Mm -hmm. screens of like two girls from the team drawing each other. Like the way they have like actors on actors, like 
do Vanity Fair interviews and stuff or like with the Wired interview of like Googling each other. So it was like, wow, they're like celebrities. These girls are literal superhero celebrities. And they showed a package of a girl. Her name's Brooklyn. Let's start with that. Her name is Brooklyn. Cool. A cool name. And she was mean mugging to the camera and I'm whipped up into a frenzy. I'm already screaming. And when they go around the uneven parallel bars, I think it's funny to sit there and go, whoa, whoa. So I'm already pissing off a lot of the people around me. And this girl, Brooklyn's package comes on and I just was like, oh my God, she looks like a bitch and I'm here for it. Probably weird, whatever. But a very young woman, probably current college student sitting in front of me, turned around and gave me the biggest up and down eye scan followed by an eye roll and scoffed. And me and my friend were just like, oh. (laughs) And I went through an entire argument with her in my head. That never happened. Yeah. But in my head, she turned around and go like, you're old. You should know better. And then in my head, I go, hey, kid, I'm not going to fight you. But I'll say this. If you think people get smarter as they get older, you're in for a rough ride. (laughs) And I was almost mad that she never turned around again. So I couldn't say that line (laughs) of basically defending myself by agreeing that I'm stupid. Yeah. But also imparting with some like decent life advice. Yeah. So it never you, happened. <laughs> you, you assumed that she assumed something and you were correcting her. Yeah. Yeah. I was correcting her by saying, no, I already knew I was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so that was going to be one of my questions is, did you assume that it was generational? When she turned around and scoffed, did you assume that she was like, oh, I think this she's millennial. I think she thought me calling her a bitch in any regard was just sort of like such a millennial or just rude. Yeah. Maybe it's not even <laughs> broken down amongst <laughs> the generational divides. It was just sort of like, for all I know, she, that was her sister. <laughs> right. But in your head, when she turned around and saw that you were older than her, that was part of her. Criticism. Yeah. Like, why is someone's mom calling like a young <laughs> athlete? Okay. Yeah. I feel like we have a lot of assumptions about Gen Z of just like, oh, they're nicer. And it's like, I don't think they're nicer. I think they're just as mean and stupid. The world sucks for them more. Yeah. I feel for them for that. But like, yeah, they're not any nicer or smarter than anybody is at any given age. Like, yeah. Do you hear that? Yeah. Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Watching the gymnastics match. There's judges, right? Yeah. I don't know at these college ones. So even where the judges sit, you watch them flip. You hear the scores came in. They were all nine fives and some nine nines. It wasn't like the Olympics where we're like, we're not filming the judges. I feel like they were like meant to be almost unseen in this. It's like a super positive atmosphere. And there's so much going on. So while UCLA was doing the floor routine, Washington was doing their beam. So you'd switch back and forth. One girl from UCLA would do, Mm. you know, two passes of, tumbles. I don't know the terminology. And then the song would abruptly switch over to the girl on the beam. And then she would do her like, these things are like 40 seconds long. Did you have to wait for the scores to know that UCLA won or was it? Oh, you could feel it in the room, baby. I mean, home turf, the fans, the UCLA fans, like the center section, every time a new UCLA athlete stood up to take their turn on the beam or the bar or the vault, they would stand up. Wow. Um, And it was like, this is so cool. (laughs) This is so cool. I'm going to sit, but this is so cool of you guys. (laughs) I love these children. I love these tumbling children so much. They're so good. Yeah. I can't wait for the Olympics. It's going to be so fun. Yeah, you're a big Olympics person. Yeah, late to the game. Turns out the Olympics, pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't care other than watching the Olympics. I didn't care or know anything. And then Simone Biles was just like, you are incredible. You're an incredible human being and it's unreal what you can do with your body. You know what I can do with my body? When I sit on the toilet, I hold my stomach Mm -hmm. and just kind of like jiggle it around like you would sort of like a set of keys as you're... (laughs) 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 And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. I can't really share that with the masses the way Simone shares her talent, but I'm doing it now. Yeah. Just sort of gripping on to whatever you can grip and just lightly jingle jangle it around. 
a little up and I down, don't know that. <laughs> a little round and round, get one hand sort of percolating so you're on a, a different mm-hmm. uh, rhythm. <laughs> I don't know that there's ever been a better metaphor for what this show is, really. <laughs> the Olympics celebrate feats of athleticism and we jiggle our bellies around. <laughs> Hell yeah. And hey, Wheaties, we're waiting for the call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would love to be the spokesman for Cookie Crisp or whatever. <laughs> just, <laughs> they just dress us up like a cookie. <laughs> Put you on the box. <laughs> uh, should we write some monologue jokes on okay. that? All yeah. right. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Hey everyone, this is Gil Ozeri. You may know me as the guy who eats food over a garbage can, or my wife's cute little companion with the ass that won't quit. Or you may know me from Comedy Bang Bang. I play Dr. Sweet Chat and Ned Bellinella, the busiest man, or Irving Sardinus. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to say how much I'm going to miss Scott now that he's dead. What? What do you mean he's not dead? Well, whose funeral was that? What? Who the hell is Gary? Wow, okay, well, I guess I want to wish Comedy Bang Bang a happy 15th anniversary. Wow, I always have the best time on CBB. It is so much fun to do, and Scott makes me feel warm and welcome and extra wet. So here's to another 15 years. Keep listening to Comedy Bang Bang wherever you get your podcasts. Ruba, go do it. That's right, Ruba, they should go do it. Yes. They should, Ruba, right? Yes. Shouldn't they? No. What do you mean, no? Yes. That's what I'm saying. Go do. Yes, Booba go do. That's right, Booba go do. All right, here are some jokes based on the conversation Jake and I just had. I don't know if you saw this in the news. <laughs> Cookie Crisp announced they will be launching an anti-Olympics campaign. The new box will feature a wily dog saying the new tagline, You can't have cookies for breakfast, but you can have a security risk for the host countries and participating athletes, Crisp. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next up, my friend Jake was kept up all night by his three pussies. That's funny. It only takes my one pussy in a period to ruin my night's sleep. (laughs) All right. Speaking of my friend Jake, he got two more cats to keep his other cat company. Meanwhile, I went to my senior year homecoming alone. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, it's crazy. Cats can get crystals in their penis. Absolutely nuts. I've never had crystals in my genitals. In fact, considering the guys I've dated, the only things that have been in my vagina are pieces of shit. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) It doesn't have to be true. It's for the joke. (laughs) All right. And guys, have you heard about this? This is news. UCLA has supremely talented gymnastics team. That's it. That's the news. I almost did something like that. That's great. Uh, And finally, guys, I got two female cats. And to trick them into thinking I was home more often, I got a third male cat. I dressed him in a hoodie and gave him a baseball hat and taught him to make breakfast. Although I don't think the other cats are buying it. He spends all day taking naps and licking his genitals. And I only take naps on weekends. (laughs) (laughs) Gilly, that's me, had an imagined, uh, I had an imagined fight with a Zoomer. In it, the Zoomer said I was too old to call someone a bitch. My response was, it wasn't that she was too old to know better. It was that she was too stupid not to know. (laughs) Sorry about the uh, perspective. Hey, I got roasted for once. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So for this next segment, we're really excited to try out something that we brainstormed at the very end of the last episode Mm -hmm. to see if it actually works, if we can actually get comedy out of it. Yeah, we each had an assignment. We each had an assignment. And mine was, since this episode is talking about relationships, was to email some former roommates and ask them a set of questions to see if I could learn anything about what it was like to live with me. Yeah. And it was scary to me. I was like, why am I trying to rock the boat? (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, am I kicking up some dust? Yes. <laughs> so the questions that we asked are, what are things I might not be aware of that I do? Yes. Uh, and Stefan P. Tom, the wise Stefan P. Tom, said, I pick my nose sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that? You know, no. <laughs> Did I know that I picked my nose? Absolutely. Did I think I was getting away with it? You bet. <laughs> Everybody who picks their nose thinks they're getting away with of it. Of course. But I think it's like sometimes I'll realize I'm around people and my hands in my pants. And mm. you're like, whoa, that's an alone <laughs> time activity. Just the tips. Just my fingertips. I'm not like all the, <laughs> right. I'm, you know, I, yes. I'm just reaching for the cookie jar. I'm not yeah. fingering around in the cookie yeah. jar. I tried to make that a hidden metaphor. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I don't think there was much subtext. <laughs> <laughs> there was no subtext. Uh, my roommate, Kevin McKenna, said something I was not aware of was so much cutesy PDA with the very sweet but goofy guy I was dating at the time. Oh. Nice to know Kevin approved. And did you know that? Yes. Okay. Uh Kevin also said it was a very funny juxtaposition from the rest of my tomboyish comedy girl personality, <laughs> which is fair. This guy was really hot. He had a six pack, like big arms. And people would see him and be like, what? <laughs> and I would be like, yeah, I know. It's pretty great. Yeah. Um, it was a really great time until I realized I didn't like his personality. I had like a really fun year. He didn't have a bad personality. We just weren't you know, a match. And he did that thing where he, I wasn't a writer at that point. I fully was like, I'm in LA to be an actor. Actors are interesting. I only want to be an actor. If I'm not an actor, I'm not interesting. It was a very misguided time. And he was a writer and he would talk about it all the time, but he never wrote anything. And it didn't bother me specifically about it being about writing. It's just weird when someone claims to be something and then they never do it. Yeah. And that made me lose respect for him. But the six pack. When he finally did write something, he said he wrote it for me and there were dogs in the story oh. and it was really terrible and it made me feel really not good that the only way he could do this thing that he'd been declaring to be his whole life was for me. Yeah. It was really bad news. <laughs> wow. This is <laughs> this is a lot. Um, Mono Agapian, who is a hilarious, wonderful person who is a more recent roommate as well, something that I wasn't aware of, said, Gilly, I think you cook garlic longer than you're supposed to. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing, but burnt garlic is known to be an intense smell that people like Gordon Ramsay scream about. And sometimes <laughs> it's a stronger smell than desirable. Um, and Betsy, my current roommate, Betsy Sodaro said, I feel like you're aware of everything, which was very diplomatic of her to say, we got to keep our relationship good. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, another question we asked, things you saw me do when we were roommates that maybe you do now. Stefan Tom said, wash dishes with soap. <laughs> I was in a very weird temporary phase where for some reason I thought you could just blast food residue off with extremely hot water because I saw that's how they did it in a kitchen during a dishwasher tryout. <laughs> and then I didn't do my dishes, which is its own awful roommate thing to do. Yeah. And I had the fucking gall after a, like a while of seeing our dishes in the clean rack, but they had a sort of sheen on them like an oil slick in the street they yeah. they like if the light hit them there'd be like a rainbow of grease i had the gall to be like stefan are you using soap i like worked up to it for a week because i knew i was like so wrong to even like i needed to start doing my dishes if i i think i probably did dishes that night and then i was like now i can say it <laughs> And he was so rightfully upset because I was confronting him about a chore I wasn't doing myself. And also just like, it's really hard to be seen and criticized. Like that's the roommate, like kryptonite basically of just like not approaching a problem in a way where it's like my side of the street's clean. (laughs) But, you know, he uses soap now. Yeah, you probably saved him from a stomach virus. And I now every couple of days do my dishes Good. Years and years and years later, I tried to be a better roommate than I was to say. That's all time. we're asking of any of us. Oh, God. Mono said stuff that I do that maybe he does now. He said, this is hard because I deaf do, but I can't think because they must be so insidious. <laughs> Funny wow. use of words. insidious. I think you're such a generous host. You remind me to be generous and give my guests a lot of options. That's really nice. Uh, you are a generous host. That's so nice. Um, 
he said, I'm a great communicator and that rubbed off. And then he said, also, remember the time we left the house and you joyously and accidentally sharded your pants? That wasn't that long ago. That was Sorry. not that long. <laughs> that was not that long ago. And uh, it's true. I didn't just shart my pants a little bit. I thought I was going to fart and make Mono laugh. I said, Mono. And he turned around and watched me like the kind of fart where I like made myself as big as possible and then contracted in mm-hmm. to really like shoot out the fart, really give it as much power as I can. And instead, I had to run back inside. And change my underwear. And that had nothing to do with the question, right? Mono just wanted to remind you that you did that? Yes. Nice, Mono. And things that Betsy has seen me do that maybe she does now, my current roommate, is to try new things. You're always so down to try anything new and different, whether it's a burrito you have to pull a bone out of. That place was really good. Uh, Or going to see. (laughs) That's not what I thought you were going to say. No, it's a bone on purpose. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Smokehouse, I believe is what it's called. Yeah. They make a burrito. It looks like a Flintstones come to life. Like the meat is a very tenderly cooked rib that they serve bone in. So it's sticking out of the whole wrapped tortilla and then you pull it out and the meat stays inside. Wow. Wow. I think you just watched me get wet. I did. I didn't know Uh, that's how you're going to finish the sentence. I know. You said I did, and then I took it somewhere you didn't want it to go. Whether it's pull a bone out of a burrito or going to see a dance troupe or a play with bubbles, I was always very, this is Betsy speaking about herself, I was very content knowing what I liked or didn't like, but now I love going out and trying anything new. Wow. I also now always go to a show with the idea that, hey, we can always leave it in remission. This has made theater going very fun. And I like old popcorn now. It really tastes like movie theater popcorn when you wait a day. (laughs) I nearly cried when I read that. (laughs) That is maybe the greatest achievement I can have. That is so sweet. For The whole thing was sweet. Doing this, I felt like roasted, but also incredibly seen. And maybe that's that's what a roast is, right? Is like pointing out and laughing about your weird, stupid things. But um, this made me like want everybody to just move in together and live in one big house. It was like really sweet. Oh, I love that. (laughs) And stale popcorn is its own unique category of flavor and texture. Nothing is like it. And people really need to give it a try. All right. So we we shouted out burrito place with a bone in it and stale popcorn and cookie crisp. Yeah. It's a big food episode. Yeah. Relationships. (laughs) I love that. That was so great. Hey, are you ready for the next segment? Yeah. Who's our guest today, Jake? Our guest is an author of three books, a father of one, and my dad, Mark (laughs) Jabor. Let's get him on the horn. In order to bring you on, we just bothered you so much for about 20, 25 minutes. How are you feeling? I just want to get your feeling at the top. Do you still feel like this will be worth your time? (laughs) Of course. Yay! Yay! (laughs) We wanted to just jump right into playing a little game with you, and then we're going to get to interview you, Mark. So this episode's theme is relationships, and the father-son relationship certainly is one of those. We came up with this game in our last show, and we wanted to see if there are things that Jake remembers about your time together, your raising him and your spending time with him now that he's an adult. They made an impression on Jake and to see if you even remember them happening at all, let alone remember them. Okay. Okay. So Jake's going to ask you some questions okay. and see if you can't fill in the blank. Dad, when I was trying to get a summer job that matched my friend's work schedule, do you remember what you told me? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> what you told me was that I shouldn't plan my work schedule around my friends because they wouldn't be my friends forever. Friends get jobs and married and move away. <laughs> that sounds like something I would say. <laughs> yeah, that's what we were hoping. <laughs> yeah, do you stand by that advice? It feels like sound advice still. Absolutely. Yeah. What was that moment like when Jake would get dropped off? Were you like excited to have your your buddy back? Uh, he wasn't. He, he wasn't a buddy. <laughs> of course, uh, he was. He was. I don't know if any of you have children. I know Jake doesn't. No, I think Gilly. I am a childless. <laughs> okay, uh, children are a, 
a lot of responsibility. Yeah, I've heard. All right, we got another one for you. Okay. Do you remember any advice you gave me? This is also job related, but it was about a field. You mean like a a work field, what to go into, not a field of corn? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It, It was a very broad statement about the longevity of work. What you told him to choose, whether it was manual labor or something using your brain more, uh, what would you have advised him to do? Brain. Yeah. And what was the reasoning? Do you remember? Because manual labor is hard. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it was good advice. Good advice. (laughs) And it stands. (laughs) Um, And we've got one more for you. This is a more recent one. Yeah. Do you remember how you suggested I grind the coffee beans that you gave me? (laughs) (laughs) What was that? Put them in a sock or a dish towel (laughs) and smash them with a hammer. (laughs) To which Jake said, I have a coffee grinder. I have a coffee grinder. I can figure that one out. (laughs) He looked at at me like I was crazy. (laughs) Like, doesn't everybody have a coffee grinder? Here's what's important to know. You're both right. (laughs) Both are ways to grind up beans. Yes. (laughs) But what's interesting is following your advice, I went into not skilled labor. So it was actually more likely that I would have a coffee grinder than a hammer. (laughs) <laughs> I have since bought a hammer, <laughs> uh, but uh, the the field of choice I went into requires grinding my own beans in the morning and making a cup of coffee. Uh, so no hammer, but now I have one. This is so great. And now you have a hammer and now, Mark, we need to get you a coffee grinder and we've met in the middle. Yeah. Everyone is doing their best. I had a coffee grinder and I'm sure I sold it at... One of my frequent garage sales. That's right. Yes. <laughs> oh. I even remember that coffee grinder. It was a little house and you turned a thing on hand, top. Hand crank. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It was an old fashioned one where you put the beans in and turn the uh, thing and it was made out of wood and iron metal. And then your mother bought a electric one where you put the beans in, you press a button and it goes mm-hmm. like a blender. Yeah. Okay, well, if anyone's in the greater Colorado area and you have a coffee grinder that you bought at a yard sale shaped like a house, let us know. Let us know. (laughs) I would love to follow the trail of that. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. And uh, now we get to just interview you, Mark. Does that sound okay? Perfect. Okay. The question I was really excited to get to ask have you heard about me? <laughs> it's not often you get to talk to your friend's dad. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> you and Jake have been, I knew of, we're gross with Gilly. Yep. <laughs> and my impression was it was on stage at the theater that you guys would do this late night gig. And just from the title, I thought it's probably something I don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to hear too much about, and we can keep it that way if you'd like. <laughs> yeah, I got on my iPad first today. Yes. You know, I hooked up that way, and I heard you talking about farting and shitting your pants. And I'm going, all right, all right. This is, we're gross. <laughs> I feel like we're at a sleepover party and I just got caught like sneaking porn into your house (laughs) and your parents have to be like, who's this piece of shit we let in? Do you know that Jake has been nude in public? (laughs) Are you aware of that part? He started that back in high school. (laughs) Yes. He did a, what's it called? Street. Yeah. I didn't know this was going to be part of it. (laughs) (laughs) He ran nude down Main Street in Evergreen, which is 
the small mountain <laughs> hub of where we lived. <laughs> I don't know how I heard about it. If he told me, no. his mother told me, or the police told me. I, the police I, told I my mother, remember. and then my mother told you. I recently heard this story for the first time as well. It sounds like those cops were very uncool. They didn't give us a ticket, but they did insist that they'd have to call our parents. Those were the options, either huh. a citation or call our parents. So I think... You're not surprised by what we, we're getting up to. <laughs> Nothing he does surprises <laughs> me. Hands are so clammy. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> not only do I know him as a father and son, but he's written books and I read the books he's written. Right. It's like getting to read your kid's diary with their permission. That's that's a pretty yeah, unique experience yeah. as a father. And actually, speaking of writing, one of the things we wanted to ask you, you yourself are an author. So how do you feel about that? Do you feel like you take some of that credit for Jake becoming a writer? For the audience at home, he's nodding vigorously. Oh, oh. yes. A yes, nod. <laughs> an up and down yes. I can absolutely see the influence <laughs> of the books I wrote in his writing, like the style, the voice, that sort of, mm. and, and the, and the honesty and, uh, yeah. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Does it make you proud? The last book he wrote, Laps with Lemon, incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. So that book makes you proud. The other ones, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> No, the training to be myself, he wrote that. Jake, do you mind if I speak of it? No, and thank you for asking. He wrote that one following the death of my father, his grandfather. Again, a super forthright, honest, amazing book. And he recounts things about it. I didn't say a whole lot about it because I'm in it. Right. You know, he, he talks about me in it and not always in the, the most flattering way. It's like, you know, and back to your first, how we started this, he recounts episodes in there that I have a totally different memory of. But who cares? Yeah, well, that I think that's a, something super interesting that we don't always get a chance to talk about when your kid is an adult, but everyone is healthy and in their right mind enough to go back and look back. And you could both have been at the same time in the same place and see it completely differently. And life's crazy like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. And we had totally different experiences of the same events like the death of, or we were there, sure. <laughs> the death of my father mm -hmm. was pretty traumatic for Jake and my niece, his cousin. A lot of training to be myself is Jake reflecting on what his grandfather meant to him. Mm -hmm. He writes this beautiful sort of eulogy and his experience of my father totally different than my experience mm -hmm. with my father. They were almost like two different men, which I think is pretty consistent with fathers and sons and grandfathers. And Sure. He got him at a, a more self-actualized time in his life, maybe, than you did? Yeah. I, I got the hard-charging authoritarian colonel, I softened dad up. Yeah. <laughs> I really softened That's right. him yeah. up. So. He was a stick of butter right out of the fridge and Jake got to just spread him right on the toast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We did have some common interactions and some funny stories. When I opened my bookstore, my father was so proud so he came out but he was like 80 years old by then but he was still full of vim and vigor at 80 and why don't you tell the story of him driving in the parking lot if i recall we were in the parking lot my grandpa was still driving at the time and he just started driving in the wrong lane right is mm -hmm. that what you're talking about 
Yeah. He was just driving yeah. down the wrong lane, and my dad had to reach across and jerk the wheel out of oncoming traffic. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And, yeah, my father was still, let's see, you were 16 yeah. then when I opened a bookstore? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'd go on vacations to spring training mm-hmm. in Arizona. Did you come once or twice? I think once. To those just once when you were about 12 or something. Yeah. So we didn't have a lot of family things once you became a, a young adult. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's interesting. There's only so much time where everybody's an adult and thriving. Yeah. For me, my father lived till he was 96. Wow. So... Yeah, he was in my life for 67 years. And most people don't get that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know my paternal grandfather. He was dead long before I was born. And my maternal grandfather, I didn't even know him. He died when I was, I don't know, six or seven, something like that. Yeah. I didn't have any relationship with my grandfathers at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was very fortunate. Yeah, and he sounds like he was this interesting guy and had a, at least by the time he was your grandpa, he was a very important part of your life. It's fascinating how you can have phases where you're different things to different people. Uh, What advice would you part onto someone in their 40s or late 30s (laughs) about friendship and relationships? Any any friendship or relationship advice? How long do I have? (laughs) (laughs) Give us a few. Give us the the top three pieces. Well, I think the most important thing, I think, is knowing yourself, who you are. Because until that happens, you really have nothing to give. You try and please the other person or whatever, and that doesn't work. And it's very hard because... When you're a kid, you're watching your parents and you, you have these friends and you don't even know who you are until, well, I think you guys do now. Mm-hmm. You have a good sense of who you are. But in today's world with the social media and all that stuff, it's just like you can just go through people like crazy mm-hmm. and... Of course, I did that anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I don't think I realized I'm still learning about myself. Uh, some people like my father, Jake's grandfather. I don't think he ever questioned himself. He was just just kept going, just charged through. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he ever had doubts. Any of that stuff, self-doubts. So that's a personality. Well, where where does that come from? Where does your personality come from? Well, it takes years and years, and you have your genetics, and you have all that kind of stuff. And, and you don't start to understand who you are until, you know, you're through with those school years, formative yeah. years. I got married when I was 21 years old. Wow. I had no clue. And then the next time you were? <laughs> Five or six years later, I got married at 21, 26. And then when I married your mom, I was 31. Okay. But we started living together when I was 27. Okay. So what we're saying is, is now is the perfect time. <laughs> it's time for another marriage. Well, it, it, well, there's that biological clock with females, you know, not so much, you know. We don't all have it. Guys. We don't all have it. I don't got it. I don't got it, Mark. You, I just don't got you it. You have no clock. No clock. Not digital, not analog. Well, I still want I still want I'm partnership hearing, and and love and stuff, but uh, no clock. What I'm hearing is you don't want the kids. Correct. You know? <laughs> yeah, but that, but that doesn't mean it. I guess it doesn't mean the clock is totally gone because it's like how long 
before you get to start forever with someone, you know? Yeah, there, we all have a clock. I, yeah, I, I, I want to walk that back. There's a clock. Um, Mark, thank you so much for letting us ask you this. And our next segment, we would love for you to participate in it, if that's okay with you. You, you can decide once you know what it is. <laughs> How about that? This is called Get Something Off Your Chest. And it's something we like to do to just make everybody feel a little bit better and maybe clear the air where we share something true that's happened to us that we maybe haven't told a room full of people or a podcast audience. Mm -hmm. And as long as it's about you and as long as it's true, you could just share it. And then afterwards, we'll all point and say, you're You're gross gross, and and that's that's okay. okay. And then you feel better. And Jake and I will kick it off before you can decide if you want to join too. Do you have one? Not at the ready. I, I have one. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> you have to figure out the dial. Yeah, I have to recalibrate. You got one? So mine is um, last last week I found out I have a, an ear infection, sort of sinus infection combo. And I was given two medications to help cough whatever is in my head out. And I texted this to Jake of like, I'm coughing up boogers. And you asked the appropriate question. So you mean loogies? Mm-hmm. And I said, no, boogers. Like, this is different than a loogie. This is a piece, a green piece. And I don't know from whence they come. I don't know what part of, because my nose, my nasal passage is clear. They're coming from somewhere else. And the other day I was sick of just sort of like, I would cough it up like in the shower and then want to see what it was. But the water rushed it away too quickly. And, you know, I'm 5'11". That's a far distance to look down and try to see what I'm coughing out. And I have a little shelf in my shower. So the other day I just bent over the shelf and coughed it out there so I could fully examine this full on green booger that came out of my mouth. You're You're gross gross and and that's that's okay. okay. Oh, I feel so much better. Thank you so much. Okay. So in between getting my cats, everything's going to be about them. A hairless cat showed up on my property. Oh, God. Uh, My neighbor found it. She was like, I can't take him inside because I have two dogs. And I was like, this is weird, but my cat just died. So I actually could take a cat in right now. And I took this cat in, hairless cat, and he's running around my apartment. And at one point I noticed like he's got a couple little fleas on him, but they're so easy to see because the cat is hairless. Right. Yeah. What are the fleas even doing? I don't know. They're hanging on for dear life. Like coming to a buffet when it's been cleared. Yes. What is this? So I don't know if he got them in my apartment or if he brought them in. I don't know. But I noticed he had a couple or whatever. Then I find the owners, give them their cat back. Then I adopt a cat. And when I adopt the cat, the foster parents bring over that cat. And it's two siblings because they're going to drop mine off and then drop the other two off and they want them to say goodbye. <laughs> so the, all three cats are running around my apartment. Then they take the other two cats, leave Midge with me. And then I get a text a week later or something. And she says, hey, the other two cats have fleas. Be careful. Uh, we don't know what happened. And I just went, oh, thanks for letting me know. <laughs> but in the back of my head, I was like... Did I do that? They got it at your house. I, there's a chance they got him at my house. And I just played dumb and was like, oh, thanks for letting me know. And I feel guilty about it. But nah. Yeah. You're gross. gross and, and that's, that's okay. okay. You should feel fine about it. How many cats do you have to save before you can just say sorry? It's like collateral damage here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Mark, do you have something you want to share? Just like a short little something you want to get off your chest? About a year and a half ago or something, a really good friend of mine died. I'm sorry to hear that. And, well, it happens, especially you get up to my age. Anyway, he was one of those construction guys and really good friend, and we used to talk on the phone. Any, Anyway, so... It was around that time, and I overdrank one night, and I thought it'd be a good idea to go out on the balcony and take a look around, the stars, the night, whatever. I had a candle, and I'll take the candle out, sit outside on the balcony, and, you know, just groove. (laughs) Yeah. 
I have very long hair and I had let my hair down. Mm -hmm. So it was hanging. I got the candle and I opened the balcony door and I trip over the, the threshold because I've had too much to drink. And my hair flies, lands on the flame, goes up in flames, and I throw the candle, and it was just sort of a warning, I think. I, I, you know, I didn't hurt myself, and, and I, I just burned a, a whole swath of hair. Oh, my God. <laughs> I still have the hair. I saved some of it and put it in an envelope. The singed hair? Okay, wait. Yeah. You're gross. gross. And And that's okay. that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was were gross. It's your gross? For this one, it is. Thank you for sharing. Hey, we've all burnt our hair at some point. Yes. (laughs) And here's one we got from a listener. Thank you so much. It's been so fun getting the- This is incredible. Please keep sending them. The emails and the voicemails. The links are in our Instagram bios. It's literally the best. So this is from a wonderful fan of the show. One time I'd been meaning to break up with a guy and didn't know how. So I just sort of kept dating him until I got the major ick. Then he came over once and we started making out. And when he was climbing on top of me, I realized I needed to break up with him immediately in that moment. So I pushed him off and said, wait, but accidentally headbutted him and knocked his front tooth out. Almost swallowed it, then spit it out. (laughs) Then I put it in almond milk for him to take home. Parentheses, I heard putting it in milk would help on an episode of Arthur when I was like six, but only had almond, (laughs) which I'm sure is not the same. Uh, Then I was obviously way too afraid to break up with him, so I did it for five more weeks because I was afraid he'd make me pay for his new tooth. But the gross part that I usually leave out of the story... After I knocked his tooth out, I didn't know what to do, so I had sex with him anyway. Bleeding gums and all. You're You're gross, gross. and that's okay. And that's okay. And with that, Mark, thank you so much for being on our show. Do you want to plug your book? Yes, please. My book? Yeah. He's holding it up. It says Election 2016. What's the title, Dad? The Great Divide, The Great Debate. And Gilly, I I did a a search on you before, and I see that, like Jake, you have a degree in political science. I do. Do we both? Mm -hmm. I forgot. Me too. (laughs) It never comes up. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do have a degree in political science. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I think it's probably worthless. (laughs) You're wrong. I wrote some funnier die videos that involved politics. Gotcha, Mark. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can write about it, especially if they're funny. I mean, anyway, it's about the election. It's also similar to Jake's in that it weaves in the election of 2016 and my father dying mm. because he died. October 10th of 2016, and the election was four weeks later. Yeah. Yeah. So I I was in the process of writing this book and going back and forth to Southern California. And that's this story. It's about my father, Donald Trump, the election, and a lot more. (laughs) Amazing. Check out that book by Mark Jabor. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dad. Have a good rest of the day. Enjoyed it. (laughs) You were the best. Jake, how do you feel? (laughs) I feel okay. Yeah. That was a lot. That Uh, was a lot for you, I bet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was a struggle. Yes. Not the interview. That was That was great. It was a struggle to get your dad on, and it was a struggle to get him off. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Both uh, because the, of tech issues. Yes, because of tech issues. Because he has a Mac Air book from 2012 or something. But also, like, any one of my parents, any one of a lot of people our age's parents would have been in the exact same position. Yes, it was, like, yeah. not unique to your dad. Yes. But literally, what did every generation that came before ours, were they free to have, like, a lovely later stage relationship with their parents because they didn't 
only have to just help them work their MacBooks? <laughs> what was that like? Because it was just like the rotary phone was a little bit more accessible or it, something. And it was just the one thing that you didn't have to plug a microphone. We weren't asking anyone to record their rotary yeah. phone conversations. Yeah, we used <laughs> Zoom and FaceTime and QuickTime. Yeah, that was a really a lot to throw at your dad. And he did pretty well. He was calm. He didn't get frustrated. Yes. My parents wouldn't have done it. My mom would have been like, you can call me on the phone and talk to me that way. Yes. <laughs> Everybody was very patient and helpful. I was probably the least patient. And I appreciate uh, Rich and Scott and Gilly and dad. You were fine. Yeah. What was that like for you hearing him answer those questions? Like, did it go how you thought pretty much? Pretty much. I didn't think he was going to be there for get something off your chest. So that I could tell I apologize. That's OK. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it went about how I thought it was going to go. He's not somebody who really gets nervous. It's like I think any other family member I have, I might be a little worried that they're going to not be their authentic selves. But that's kind of my dad. You ask a question, there's a bit of a tangent. He speaks confidently about things. And asking if it was OK for him to share something with me was like, that's new. We're that calling that progress. Progress. Yeah. Yeah. How was it for you? That was so fun and interesting for me. I've heard a lot of your dad, in my impression, was is sort of like a mountain man a mm -hmm. little bit, like a little wild, like clearly an interesting person, but not one you could necessarily like predict. Yeah. And he was just like that. Like that some, sometimes you meet a friend's parents and you're like, you were exaggerating. They're fine. And that's a totally unfair take when you have met someone for like four minutes versus yeah. being parented by them. But he was, as you said. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and now Jake and I are going to brainstorm the segment for the next episode. Yeah. So you can stay tuned after the credits for a little behind the scenes peek at how we brainstorm for next week's show. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to We're Gross. We show whole. We're your hosts, Gilly Nisim and Jake Jabor. A special thanks to our guest today, my dad, Mark Jabor. We're Gross is an Earwolf production produced by senior producers Cassie Jerkins and Scott Sonny. Our audio engineers are Jordan Duffy, Rich Garcia, and Alex Gonzalez. Listen to Earwolf Presents to hear new shows by your favorite comedians. Tell your friends. We're, We're gross, gross and, and that's, that's okay. So I think about this all the time. It's like the classic, is it Tom Sawyer or Huck Finn? I want to hear people say nice things about me. I mm -hmm. think I have like a really big complex. I think I probably would have it anyway, but then also famously at the point at my bat mitzvah where my parents were supposed to say the speech about what a great 12-year-old I had been. Yeah. Instead, a hired Columbo impersonator came out and roasted me. Yeah. So I do, I do think that made it even more like acute in my personality where it's just like I haven't gotten married that's another point where people will say nice things about you and mm -hmm. I haven't won like a big award so it's like that would have been another point where people say nice things so I want it really bad and I don't want to be dead yeah so maybe should we eulogize each other oh yeah okay this like would that. be my biggest fantasy <laughs> hey if I can be a part of your biggest fantasy <laughs> I'm okay. happy to do it. You just and said... I know what your biggest fantasy is. <laughs> and I know that there's no room for me in it because it involves like a women's prison. Is that? <laughs> no. Oh. Women's prison? No. And gravity doesn't work? Is That's that all it. part of it? Okay. Yeah. You put in the women's prison part. <laughs> Instead, I'm in a big orgy of a bunch of women. Yeah. Some of them are clones of me. Some of them are different yeah. and unique. And I'm having sex with all of them and they're all so attractive me that they come just from looking. Yes. Yeah. There's and no, there's no gravity. Yeah. We're floating and we're able to make contact in ways that just sort of don't make sense. Right. So if I can't be a part of that, I'll eulogize you. That is so nice. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. If you made it all the way to the end, you're a beautiful person. If you're not hearing this voice, go to hell. Earwolf Presents is produced by Earwolf, Amelia Chapelo, and Cody Fisher. And of course, podcast daddy Colin Anderson himself. The Earwolf Presents series is hosted by the one and only myself, Jacquees Neal. And our theme music was engineered and sung 
by the amazing Jordan Duffy. Special thanks and shout-outs to Jeff Gross and Aaron Nestor. And for more information on Earwolf Presents, visit Earwolf.com and follow us at Earwolf on all social platforms. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix.